second service. They're not used to being over in their uh, kids' ministry. My daughter actually said to me, what time's kids' church? I said, it's not on tonight. <laughs> uh, but what an incredible evening to be in church, hey? And we've been doing a series here at Everyday Church called Joyful Expectation, all leading up to this one moment, the night before Christmas. And uh, most of us are full of expectation, right? Unless you're a Grinch, of course. Uh, Jacob used to be a Grinch, um, but we converted him. And now he's full of expectation like the rest of us. And uh, the kids are full of expectation. What time is Santa coming? Is he coming? Did the elf say that I've been good? Right? And uh, what presents is he bringing? And they're full of expectation of what gifts uh, that they're expecting, what they wrote on their Santa list, hey? Uh, Counting down the advent calendars, right? Eating chocolate for breakfast for the whole month. Anybody been doing that? Hey? Yeah? Um... I'm expecting my Christmas ham to taste pretty good tomorrow, right? Turkey, what else have we got? Prawns, uh, chicken, whatever else we're... But we've all been busy preparing for this one day. Buying gifts, cleaning the house, doing the gardens, uh, buying new outfits, shopping, organising, and the list goes on. Full of expectation leading up to this one day Christmas. The day we celebrate a baby being born. The birth of Jesus Christ. How awesome is that? And we all love babies, right? Yeah? We all love babies. We still call our seven-year-old our baby. Much to the disgust of our two boys who are age 11 and 12, they're like, mum, dad, she's not a baby. And we're like, she'll always be our baby. And it causes some issues and some friction within our household, right? Uh, so make sure you pray for us there. But but we all love babies. You know, we love to celebrate the birth of babies. We go to baby showers. We buy gifts. We visit in the hospital. We visit at home. Uh, we cuddle them. We stare at them. We change them. We feed them. We protect them. And we go on the journey with the mother and the parents who are expecting, don't we? And we anxiously wait for that text message or that post, uh, that Facebook post or, or that phone call uh, to say that the baby has been born. And everyone's excited. Everyone's excited, full of expectation. Is it a boy or is it a girl? Is it a boy or is it a girl? And over 2,000 years ago in the town of Bethlehem, a mother is waiting and expecting to give birth to her baby. And not just any baby. This baby was going to be the saviour of the world. And the story goes that God had spoken to Mary, the mother of Jesus, through an angel Gabriel and said this, Luke chapter 1, verse 31. You'll conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He'll be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne on his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Last week we spoke about how God came to Joseph, the father of Jesus, in a dream and told him what was going to happen as well. And if you missed the message, I encourage you to jump on our website and have a listen. But can you imagine the expectation of Mary and Joseph? Can you imagine the expectation of the parents of Jesus? That they were about to become the earthly uh, parents of God. The earthly parents of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the saviour of the world. Absolutely mind-blowing. Can you imagine the expectation? I mean, we have an expectation when we're just having our own kids, but, but an expectation, you've been told that you're giving birth to the Messiah, the saviour of the world. 
Can you imagine? And they both had dreams or angels come to them to say, hey, this is going to happen. I can't, even, I can't even wrap my head around it. For thousands of years, many were waiting and full of expectation for the birth of this baby, for a saviour to come. Nobody knew when he was coming to this earth exactly. They sort of had an idea, but not exactly. And just like a mother waiting to give birth, she doesn't know when she's going into labour, right? I remember a time with my firstborn, uh, Jacob spent his whole birthday just timing my contractions. <laughs> it was hilarious. That's all he did for his birthday. He was so bummed out. Uh, he was sitting on the couch and uh, I think I was in labour for like three days and he's like, when's this woman, when's it going to be time to take her to the hospital? I'm over this. But you just, we didn't know. When was it going to be time? When? And you know, we know that God's timing is not like our timing, right? If you've read your Bible, in the Bible it says, the Bible says, with the Lord a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. Well, that's helpful. It's not on our time schedule, isn't it? God was going through his own advent calendar, if you like, really, through the ages of time, for thousands of years. He was going through his own advent calendar. You had Noah, Noah's ark and the great flood, right? You had Moses parting the Red Sea, uh, the walls of Jericho coming down, Daniel killing Goliath. We all love that story. Daniel surviving, David killing Goliath, sorry. You got it, Jenny. Jenny's looking at me. (laughs) David killing Goliath and Daniel surviving the lion's den and the list goes on. Waiting for everything to line up in his perfect timing. God was waiting for Christmas just like the rest of us, right? He was waiting for Christmas just like the rest of us and all these events needed to take place to unfold God's great plan and his purpose which is what? To simply bring us, his kids, you and me, back into a relationship with him, our heavenly father. That was his plan. And he was patiently waiting. A day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. Through his own advent calendar, through time. John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. What an awesome piece of scripture. We were created to be in relationship with our Heavenly Father. And even better, He wants to be in relationship with us. He wants to be in relationship with us. We're all born separated from God. Why? Because things didn't go so well in the Garden of Eden. (laughs) They didn't go so well. And He wants His kids home. He wants His kids home. Who are His kids? Me and you. He wants us home. How do we know these events took place? You know, it's just the Bible, right? These events in history, because the Bible says that they did. Well, how do we know that the Bible's really true? Because the Bible is subject to verification like any other historical document. Did you know that? Subject to verification like any other historical document. In fact, there is more verifiable evidence that Jesus was born, did the miracles he did, died on a cross, rose again, rose from the dead, than evidence that Julius Caesar walked this earth. That's mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. There's more evidence that scripture is passed down more accurately than the works of Shakespeare. In fact, all the evidence supporting the Bible makes it the best documented book from the ancient world. These historical accounts written in the Bible have been proven true and accurate time and time again. 
all the prophecies, and there's over 300 prophecies about Jesus Christ himself being fulfilled and continue to be fulfilled. How? By the supernatural power of God. You can't explain it. It's divine origin. And you'll never wrap your head around it because God's God and we're who we are, human beings. He sees the big picture. He has a plan. And so he's waiting for the perfect time in history. And, and, and he's about to pull down that advent calendar tab at Christmas time. And it's time for his son to be born, the saviour of the world. Amen. We read in Luke chapter 2, verse 6, it says this, While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son, and she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. There was no room in the hotel for Jesus to be born, fully booked. Can you imagine being that, that innkeeper or that hotel manager? Think about it for a moment. Can you imagine after he found out that the saviour of the world was born and he told him there's no room, you need to go to the stable? Can you imagine how he must have felt? No room for Jesus and they put him in a stable. The saviour of the world in a manger, a trough that holds animal food. Perhaps not as we expected this king that we've been waiting for for thousands of years born in a manger. But humbly, he came into this world. Humbly and quietly, he came into this world for you and for me. We read on in verse 8, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. Well, you can't beat that birth announcement, can you? <laughs> better than a Facebook post, better than a phone call, better than a text message. I mean, a, an angel appeared and, and the glory of the Lord shone on them. And then theologians say that company of heavenly hosts is at least seven billion angels. Can you imagine? What a birth announcement. Praising God, praising God, the king has been born. And all of all the people that the announcement could have been made to, could have been made to anyone, but it's made to shepherds, everyday, ordinary people, like you and me, right? Shepherds that were just living in the fields nearby, just minding their own business, taking care of their flocks. And God appears to them, and they're the first to hear the good news. Ordinary, everyday people. What an absolute privilege. And the truth is, is that the Saviour, the Messiah, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace came for you and me. Everyday, ordinary people. He came for everyone. You don't have to know your Bible back to front. I don't. Newsflash. You don't have to have been born into a Christian home. I wasn't. Newsflash. You don't have to have had a spotless past. Just ask Jacob. He'll tell you about it. In fact, he's written a book. You'll hear all about it. 
You don't have to have special qualifications. Ordinary, everyday people, they heard the shepherds living in a field nearby heard the good news, the good news. Jesus didn't come for perfect people. Otherwise, I wouldn't be standing here today. He didn't come for perfect people. In fact, the Bible says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners. Why? We were still sinners. It's not about what we did or didn't do. It's not about what we've done or haven't done because it's a free gift. It's called the gift of grace and it's given by God. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says, For it is by grace you have been saved and through faith, and this, this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so no one can boast. You know, I remember a time when I was completely addicted to drugs and my life was a complete mess and my situation was completely hopeless and I cried out to God. But I, it's funny I cried out to God, but I said, I don't believe in this God. I don't believe in God, but I cried out to him. You know, when you're at the bottom of the bottom of the bottom, something inside us cries out and I cried out and my prayer was simple. It was just, God, help me. God, help me. I need you. And I remember a warmth come over me. And I know now that that's the presence of God, the same presence that the shepherds felt that night. And a warmth came over me. And I remember, God didn't speak audibly, but I just felt inside that everything was going to be okay. Why? Because God is with me. Emmanuel, God with us. I knew it was going to be okay. You know, we love babies. And they bring us such joy. Well, sometimes anyway. <laughs> sometimes they just don't stop crying, right? And it's a little bit painful. But we do love babies generally, particularly when they're not our own. No, not really. We love our babies. Just kidding, kids. Just kidding. But Jesus Christ was so much more than a baby. So much more than a baby. And this Christmas, I want to encourage us. Let's keep him. Let's, let's get past keeping him as this cute little baby to the reason for his existence and mission on this earth. Let's get past that because he was so much more than a baby. He came to bring hope and that's what he brought me, hope in my hopeless situation when I thought there was no way out. I felt like I was in a big black hole that I could never get out of, ever. But he came and he brought me hope. The Bible says that Jesus is our living hope. He is our living hope and that God has great plans for us all. And don't be sitting there disqualifying yourself right now. God has a great plan for you. Yes, you personally, not the person sitting next to you, but for you. God has a plan for your life. He has a plan for your life. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. He heard me that night when I cried out. You'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Jesus is hope. That's who he is. He brings hope. Hebrews 6.19 says this, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Firm and secure. And we hold on to that hope because Jesus is hope. And the question is, is what does this mean for you personally? What does it mean for you personally? 
It means that there is hope for your situation. Whatever situation or circumstance that you may be facing right now, any difficulty, any obstacle, any, any way that you can't see through, that there is hope for that situation, that circumstance, that obstacle, whatever it is. There's hope for your financial issues. There's hope for your marriage. There's hope for that doctor's report. Perhaps you've gotten a report that's a negative report. There's hope for that. You know, God's a healer. God is a God of miracles. He loves to perform miracles. He, he didn't create us and then just leave us and he's just out there in the sky. He, he's a God that wants to interact with us, a God that wants to interact. He's not waiting up there with a big stick until you do something wrong. He's a God that wants to be in personal relationship with us. And so there's hope for your son or daughter. There's hope for perhaps that addiction you may be struggling with. There's hope for if you're struggling with mental illness, depression, whatever it may be, there's hope. Because there's always hope in Jesus. Always. There's hope for your future. You may not see what's happening right now. You can't see it. You're just, there's too many things in the way. But God's creating a path for you. He's creating a path for you. And he's saying, keep taking those steps. Keep taking those steps. I'm with you. Emmanuel, Emmanuel, God with us. He's with us. He's with you. Continue in him. It's Jesus that puts that hope in reach. It's him that puts that hope there. And it's through Jesus that we access this hope. Because he is hope. He's so much more than a baby. And when you have hope, you can live with a joyful expectation. It doesn't mean you're always happy. It just means that you know inside you can have that joy that Jesus gives you inside. And so you know there's always hope, which means you can always have a joyful expectation. It doesn't mean everything's amazing but you know everything's going to be okay. God with you, God with us, Emmanuel, Emmanuel. You can live with peace. You can live with joy. You can live with internal rest. Sometimes things can get crazy inside. You can live with that internal rest, knowing that God holds you by his right hand and he's never going to let you go, knowing that he goes before you and paves the way knowing that he is behind you, protecting you, because he's all around you. He's all around you. Knowing that he'll never leave you nor forsake you, ever. He's always with you. Knowing that he will always be with you to the ends of the ages. Knowing that his love's unconditional. You know, sometimes we do things. Happens all the time, right? Shouldn't have done that. But God continues to love us. His love is unconditional. Just like you can't stop the sun from shining, right? You can't stop God's love pouring out upon you. It just continues. His grace and his mercy and his love, his presence. I mean, he just wants to be with his kids. Knowing that he can turn all things around for good according to those that love him or for those that love him according to his purpose. So a situation, that's scriptural, any situation he can turn around somehow, you might think, I don't know how this is going to happen. Come on, God. Or you might have some ideas for him. How about you do it this way? But no, 
He's continually to work and do his thing and turn things around for good for those that love him according to his purpose. Knowing that he has good plans for you, knowing that he is for you, that he is with you, knowing that he wants to be in relationship with you. And I love this one, just knowing that he's your friend. He's your friend. I just love to know that God is my friend. Jesus is our brother. Knowing that he's a good God and that he wants to be good to you. Will you trust him with your future? Will you trust him with your life? Will you trust him with that situation you're facing, that circumstance, that obstacle, whatever it may be, that relationship, that son, that daughter, will you release them and give them over to the God can, that can do the impossible? Because with all God, all things are possible, amen? With God, all things are possible. Will you trust him? Will you surrender? Will you do things his way? You know, our church, no, I like to do things my way a lot. Come on, God, let's go over here. And God's like, no, we're going this way, Mel. What do you mean we're going that way? No, we're going this way. Will you follow him? Will you stop going your way and begin to follow him? You know, you might be experiencing, let's say some, well, guys are going to think, what? You know, labor pains, let's say. Things may be a little bit uncomfortable, but that doesn't mean it's not of God. Because when a woman's about to give birth, she's experiencing labor pains, right? And things are very, very uncomfortable. Done it three times. In that third trimester, you're uncomfortable. But a baby's about to be born, which brings great joy. And so in your situation or circumstance, just because it's uncomfortable or there's pain, continue to hold on. Because breakthrough will come. Breakthrough will come. God will make sure it comes. If you keep your eyes fixed on him and continue to walk with him. He's an anchor for your soul. You know, this year, um, myself and Jacob, we attended a uh, wedding. And um, we got seated at a table with a couple that we didn't know who, who they were. And so um, we began to chat and, you know, just all the small chat, et cetera. And we found out all of us were Christians. And, um, and we, we began to share our stories of how we came to know God through Jesus Christ. And um, myself and Jacob, our story is very similar. Both heavily addicted to drugs many years ago, life a mess, no hope, uh, nearly dead, in trouble with everyone. Nobody wanted to know us. We were terrible people. We had nothing. We barely owned anything. We don't have any assets. We had nothing. And it was very obvious that something was missing from our lives, right? Very, very obvious. And I know for me, I was searching in all the wrong places, granted, but I was searching. I wanted to know why I was on this earth. What is the purpose of being here? I didn't know and I wanted to know. There was something inside of me that was empty. There was, there was a void within me. And I needed to know. And so we both ended up at a Christian drug and alcohol rehabilitation centre called Adult and Teen Challenge. And it's where we met Jesus and we also met each other. And this couple, they came from everything. 
They came from everything. They were traveling the world, making money, extremely successful in the world's eyes. Yet they too discovered that something was missing. That no amount of money or success could give them because it was internal. Because we all have that God-shaped hole within us that needs to be filled. And so it's so evident that the four of us sitting around that table, there could have been some other people at that table. (laughs) I hope they didn't feel left out. But anyway, was there? It doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, Yes, there was. Louise was with us, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so it was pretty evident that all four of us landed at the same place. And that was our recognition for Jesus Christ, that we needed Jesus. We needed him in our lives. And you can have believed in God your whole life, but have not made Jesus Lord of your life. There's a difference. You can believe in God, but making Jesus Lord of your life is a different story. And for me, even though my life was a complete mess, it was clear that I needed to stop doing drugs. It had to be more than that. It had to be. It had to be. I needed that peace and that joy. I needed to know why I was on this earth, purpose, because Jesus gives you purpose. And when I gave my heart to Jesus on the 27th of February, 2001, just 10 years ago now, (laughs) over 20 years ago, I felt this peace and joy that I'd never experienced before and a weight lift off my shoulders and I knew that I was home, back in the arms of our Heavenly Father. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says this, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly richly blesses all who call on him. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And I'm glad he heard my prayer that day. Jesus was born for you. He died for you and he lives for you. And the question is, is will you live for him? Will you live for him? Amen. If you just bow your heads and close your eyes, I'm just going to pray. I want to give anybody an opportunity right now in our service or online. If you've never made that decision to make Jesus Lord of your life, you've never entered into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you may have believed in God perhaps all your life but have never truly followed him. We just read that it's a simple prayer and we can pray that tonight. And so I'm going to pray a prayer right now. And if you want to pray that prayer along with us, just believe it as you're speaking it out. We're going to do that together. We're not going to embarrass anyone or anything like that. It's between you and God right now. But if you want to make that decision, just believe it and speak it out with all of your heart. Church, if you follow after me. God, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus Christ 
to die on a cross for me. I ask that you forgive my sins. Wash me clean. I thank you that you sent your son to be born. And I choose this day to live for you. Amen. Just with our heads bowed, just a few more moments. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time or if you made a recommitment tonight, I just ask that you slip your hand up in the air just so I can see it. Just a few more moments. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, you slip your hand up in the air. I see that little hand there. Good job, mate. (laughs) If there's anyone else in the building, if you've made that commitment tonight, anybody else online as well, would love to pray for you. We're going to pray for all of you right now. (laughs) God, I thank you for every single person here. I thank you for every family represented. I thank you that you bring hope to us every day. We pray for blessings. We pray for encouragement. We pray that people would continue to walk in your will, Father God. We thank you for your peace. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for forgiveness of sins. We thank you for victory, Lord God. And I thank you for... Christmas time where we get to celebrate your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Fantastic. Well, why don't you stand to your feet?